0: Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly.
1: When you rely on the internet for everything,
2: you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1 800 Xfinity, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi Fi requires gig speed compatible X Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed.
1: From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts,
0: Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. Thanks, Rob. This is an emergency podcast episode recorded Thursday, March 12, 2020. I'm your host, Josh Nelson. On Monday's Sox Machine Podcast, I shared my story of coming back from vacation, which was a cruise, and made light of the coronavirus cases on other cruise lines that were being reported. I felt since my trip to Beijing in January that I've been cheating death, somehow avoiding the virus and living my life normally, despite being in the country where the outbreak began, and despite going on a vacation that others are seeing the virus spread. Three days later, the coronavirus outbreak is getting worse, and this is no more a a laughing matter or something to make light of. Every day, there are new cases, just not in Chicago or in Illinois, but across the world. The sports world tried to combat the outbreak by banning media from clubhouse access and kept them six feet away from players and coaches during news conferences earlier in the week. Well, that seems such a long time ago. On Wednesday, March 11th, before the Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder, were to tip off, the NBA discovered their first player to contract the virus in center Rudy Gobert. Gobert is seen on video mocking the dangers of the virus and is reported to play around in the locker room by touching his teammates' gear and personal belongings. Unfortunately, his ignorance of the virus and how quickly it could spread impacted his teammates. Utah Jazz star guard Donovan Mitchell, who was diagnosed to have coronavirus earlier on Thursday. Since that announcement of Mitchell contracting the virus, all sports leagues, including the NCAA, have taken drastic measures. NBA has suspended its season, so has Major League Soccer and the National Hockey League. The Power Five conferences of the NCAA, the ACC, Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, and Pac-12 canceled their basketball conference tournaments. Shortly after their announcement, the NCAA canceled all postseasons for winter and spring sports. No March Madness for men's and women's basketball. No College World Series for both baseball and softball. The No College World Series pretty much ends any college baseball season across the country. However, that is not official yet. Major League Baseball was last to act. Despite having a conference call meeting, what to do next? The Grapefruit League spring training teams continued to play. It was reported by ESPN's Jeff Passon that the league was to suspend all operations, yet the games continued in Florida in front of fans Thursday afternoon. Major League Baseball met with the owners via conference call, and they have decided to cancel the rest of spring training, and delay the start to the 2020 season for two weeks. That date would be Thursday, April 9th. The Chicago White Sox have a scheduled off day, meaning their first game of the 2020 season would be Friday, April 10th, at home against the Minnesota Twins. After 5 p.m. Central Time Thursday night, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker addressed the state's response to the virus outbreak and their sports teams.
1: I want to begin tonight by announcing new guidance regarding community, social and sporting events in the state of Illinois. I've spoken with the owners of all of our major sports teams and I've asked them to cancel all of their games or play without spectators until May 1st. All of the owners that I spoke with told me that they completely understood and were more than willing to comply with this guidance. I want to thank them for putting the health and safety of the residents of our state above all else. These are not easy decisions to make in business, but every single one of our team owners indicated to me that they care only about doing what is right for the fans and the families of our state. Additionally, I'm asking that all community events that organizers expect will attract 250 or more people be canceled or postponed until May 1st. This includes personal and social events. I'm mandating that events of 1,000 or more people be canceled or postponed immediately. I do not want to waste precious resources monitoring event cancellations, so I'm appealing to the civic, patriotic, and humanitarian character of the residents of Illinois to act on this guidance immediately without any need for official state action. Even for events that will attract crowds less than 250 people, it is critically important that organizers think about Who is likely to attend and if likely attendees include individuals in vulnerable populations such as the elderly or those who are immunosuppressed, please consider canceling.
0: With the Chicago owners agreeing to comply with Governor Pritzker's plan, it is possible that the Chicago White Sox will start the 2020 season at home on Friday, April 10th in front of no fans, at least until May 1st. That date is also a home game against the Baltimore Orioles. After Governor Pritzker's press conference, the Chicago White Sox released the following statement. Today's announcement to delay the start of the 2020 season follows a shared commitment by both Major League Baseball and the White Sox to keep the health and safety of our players, staff, employees, and fans as our top priority. Given the unprecedented nature and fluidity of this situation, We ask for patience from our fans as we work with Major League Baseball and the 29 other teams to address logistics and scheduling adjustments. We are working closely with Major League Baseball to monitor this situation and keep our fans informed. While we look forward to the timely return of the game we love, we also recognize that at times like these, baseball is simply a game. The health and well-being of our nation, the great city of Chicago we call home, and the millions of fans who support us are far more important than what happens on a baseball field. The delay for Major League Baseball could cost the White Sox 12 games if they are not made up at the season's end. What could happen next, and where do we go from here as fans in the media? Joining me now is the managing editor of SoxMachine.com, and the co-host of the podcast, it's Jim Margulis. And hello, Jim. Monday feels weeks ago in time, not four days ago, mm-hmm. but I told you last we spoke how fun spring training was for the White Sox this year, and now that fun is gone as spring training has been canceled, and for now, the first two weeks of the season are delayed uh, as we have to wait longer for Major League Baseball to start. With everything that has transpired this week, where is your head at with all that's happened
2: well um i'm not a public health expert but i'm married to one so i kind of had some lead time on kind of mentally preparing myself for this outcome and just getting an idea of how bad it was or how bad it might be the forecasts and such and uh once the once major league baseball tried to finesse you know, separating the media from the players and trying to figure out how, you know, playing without fans, I just thought, eh, this is not, this is a pointless discussion. (laughs) It's already gone. Uh, it's, it's just going to keep bleeding until like, you know, maybe they can squeeze out like a week or two more of spring training, but opening day seemed like it was going to be compromised and, and there was never going to be any kind of half measure that was going to work. So I've been more or less bracing for it for a few days now. So I guess, uh, we'll, uh, Find out uh, just how we fill our time. Because that's one thing baseball is great at. And uh, one reason why I started writing about the White Sox all those years ago was that you can write about baseball every day. You can think about baseball every day. It gives you something new to talk about and watch and such. So uh, what do we do now? That's going to be the uh, million-dollar question. I think that it's a question that
0: people who are listening right now are wondering if we have an answer Mm -hmm. for that. Like Gukas Liogito, right? Gukas has been... A supporter of the show since our Southside Sox days, a really long time, and you know, I just open for questions because people have questions, and we'll we'll try to address some in a moment. But his question was, "Will the podcast go on hiatus?" And when I read that question, I did not have a definitive answer for him. I want to say no. But what are we going to talk about, Jim, <laughs> for baseball? I mean, as you mentioned now, there's a lot of things you could talk about. But lately, it's been prepping for the season. Our, our next podcast episode was going to look at MLB Futures and Fantasy Baseball. So a lot of people participate in both. And look at the 26-man race and, and look at who's going to be starting at second base. And then the very next week, it was going to be our... Season Predictions episode, and then that Thursday, boom, opening day, and uh, it seems to be a pretty set schedule for us. You know, White Sox wake-up calls, Sox Machine Live, as far as recapping midweek series, that we get into routine. But that routine seems to be delayed, and I don't think the podcast will go on hiatus, Gookas. Uh At this moment, I don't know what the schedule is going to look like, and we're going to have to figure out what we're going to talk about. Yeah.
2: Uh, basically, when it comes to uh, the blog, um, when I started it, basically, I liked writing a lot. The background, if you don't know or if you just started listening, don't really know. Um, I started writing about the White Sox in like late 2005, 2006. I moved out to New York. And uh, I was a reporter in college, but I took a non-writing editorial job at the uh, newspaper in Albany. And so I just wanted something to write about. Everybody, it was a fun time to talk and think and write about the White Sox. And I said, okay, I'll do that. You know, Blogs were just starting to emerge. And so uh, it was a way for me to write every day. And when the White Sox got bad and they went 72 and 90 and 07, a lot of blogs died because they realized it's not a lot of fun to write. Uh, you know, or follow a team that closely every day, uh, a team that's that bad. Um, you know, it, I kept writing and I just more because I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the community uh, and, and the discussions of people who uh, visited Sox Machine every day. So really at this point, um, you know, what, what it's more about the writing and more about you just enjoying the uh community that's developed and so that's why you know my, my thought is like no nah, i'm not going to stop writing and uh we will have to retool a bit and uh, this is the time to experiment to try some new things maybe it will work maybe it won't uh, maybe they'll uh, uh everybody will be happy when baseball resumes because we've stopped stretching out because <laughs> we're not supposed to we shouldn't do that anymore because it's a bad idea uh <laughs> but this is uh you know this is the time to try because what else are you gonna do? Um, sometimes uh, these constraints and uh, emergencies can uh, foster creativity, so may as well give it a shot. I like it,
0: yeah. Because I spoke with Ted, you know, Ted is responsible for our Saturday sporacles, and I think Ted and I are gonna put our brains together, and for the next month or so, I think he and I are gonna try to develop a game show about baseball trivia that we could do both audio-wise as far as at a podcast. And we can make a, a quick little video too for those that like to, to watch because uh, for a lot of you, and, and and I hear you on this, like what are we going to be watching now uh, for the next month? Uh, and that's a great question with sports, uh, a lot of sports uh, being suspended right now, and there's only so much that you, you want to watch on Netflix or Hulu or Disney+. Plus or any of the streaming services. Uh, but, yeah, that's something that you could look forward to. So let's see how quickly Ted and I can uh, knock that out. And hopefully some of you that are listening will be either uh, our participants, maybe guinea pigs, uh, to see how the trivia show goes out. Um, but, yeah, that, that's something to look forward to in the next month before Major League Baseball uh, gets back into routine, we as a society, uh, get back into routine. uh, And then we can uh, pick up where we should have started at the end of March, uh, sometime uh, in mid-April. And I I do think as far as the timing on when the 2020 season is going to start, and I don't think Major League Baseball is going to cancel the 2020 season completely. Hopefully, uh, things... Quiet down. I mean, Jim, you would know better. As you just mentioned, you're married to uh, a health official. Uh, I only have secondhand knowledge, having been in China and, and know people in China and hearing their stories of, of what they've had to go through, uh, which the best way I can explain it is imagine being house on house arrest for two months. I don't think we're going to do that in this country. Uh, I don't think that would work in this country. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully things clear up. But with what Major League Baseball is planning to do to delay right now for two weeks, along with what Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has asked as far as the sports owners and what they have agreed to him on either canceling the games or playing the games with no fans until May 1st, do you think Major League Baseball will take that news from Illinois and then try to apply it for the rest of the league and say, hey, guys, let's just wait until May 1st? Or do you think Major League Baseball would be okay that, yeah, we're going to start the season up in two weeks, everything seems to be okay, and we understand that some teams will not have fans in the stands they, we will be playing some games in empty stadiums while other stadiums will have fans?
2: I'm expecting this to be kicked back you know, at least uh, a couple more times. They say two weeks for now, just to set a new... Yeah, I, I think the two weeks is not necessarily a a hard timetable or something they initially expect. I think it's just a way to say, okay, spring training's over, opening days and starting. That's the new message. Everybody can stand down uh, from gear, ramping up for March 26th. Uh, we'll figure out how to pay players. Teams will have to figure out how to... Pay team employees, especially team employees who are you know whose whose business whose jobs are game days uh figuring out what those people do how to support uh, that staff um, you know it's just you know knowing that there's gonna be at least two weeks of you know revenue that's not coming in for those people in those organizations but um, yeah just based on you know, just the idea, of this whole flatten the curve thing, where you know, you just they're just trying to get the cases down to a manageable amount so they don't overwhelm hospitals and healthcare systems. Uh, you know, that just means that the cases are going to persist for a while. And, and sports, you know, and teams, although you can try to isolate them, you know, and, and try to you know, you know, min- minimize their interaction with fans. You know, just think about how much spit is involved in a major league game. Yeah, true. And if you've ever seen, yeah, you know, if you've ever seen a dugout. Uh, the the floor of a dugout, especially after a game, Uh, how much uh, tobacco juice and sunflower seeds and everything that's on the ground, people spitting into their gloves, batting gloves, uh, licking their fingers, going in the ball, uh, rubbing up uh, bullpen balls, etc. Just there's just a lot of uh, fluid going around, (laughs) and uh, yeah, and and clubhouses are contained. Yeah, not yeah, the baseballs an open air sport, but clubhouses are not open air and and in the few cases where they've had, like, staph infections break out, uh, it's a very serious situation and a very hard thing to get a lid on initially. And usually, you know, it's a very high concern just because of the the contagion factor in those settings. So even if you get, like, a few areas under control and maybe, like, say, you know, Seattle's still having a hard time, but Minnesota's okay, okay. I don't know if you can... Uh, try to play it city by city just because things can flare up again or just within even within a team you know things can happen and just throws it all off again so I think it's going to take a little bit more assurance uh, for uh, you know I think public health systems for teams for health of uh, just health of teams in the settings that they play in um, before people can feel you know great about starting a season earnest i don't think there's any value in starting a season and holding it up again i think that's going to be uh something they want to avoid just because then you start setting expectations then you start having people plan futures again uh and if that gets disrupted then people are kind of doubly screwed and i don't think that does any good so i think you have to set the expectations early try not to give them the pressure to start it too early and see if you can support the people who need it uh who have uh you know lost a good chunk of their livelihood just not having the business
0: Yeah, and and as you mentioned, like, the amount of spit that's in Major League Baseball. uh, Someone did ask today, Max Scherzer, uh, starting pitcher for the Washington Nationals, when speaking to reporters today, said that it's naive to believe that the coronavirus hasn't affected a Major League Baseball player. That one of the teams, if not multiple teams, has... At least one player in that clubhouse right now that has the coronavirus, they may be unaware. They may not feel the full effect of the symptoms yet because it seems like the symptoms are delayed from when you get it and then when you start feeling the impact. And the way that testing is working as far as in this country You know, the NBA in Oklahoma City, I'm not sure how they got those test kits right away to be able to test all the NBA players immediately and some of the staff uh, to get definitive results. Um, But even today's press conference, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker said that they're getting more test kits from the federal government, but it's not enough. Uh, And if you go to a place, a hospital or clinic, and, you know, they don't have a test kit uh, or you don't qualify, right? to be tested uh, then it just may continue to go on and on before you really start seeing the impact and that it's too late and then you're contagious and then it spreads throughout the clubhouse and like you know we've just seen that now in the NBA with the Utah Jazz unfortunately I think Max Scherzer's right Jim that we as those that love the game of baseball and then cover the game of baseball a bit naive to think that there isn't a player right now in major league baseball that doesn't have the coronavirus, virus. And, and my issue with how major league baseball has handled this, I got a lot of issues with the way the major league baseball has handled this, you know, their idea that, okay, let's contain things right now. Try to stay within your spring training camp, right? Because you have control over that. If you let players go all over the place, or they go back home, you, you kind of lose control over that. Are the players? I guess the question I ask is are the players themselves or teams putting themselves at risk if they're all going to stick together
1: Ah uh,
2: they can I mean depending on uh the situations when when it comes to travel and how to get out of there I mean like people who live in uh, Arizona you know some people live in Arizona full- time especially like say White sox personnel and players you know they might have it fine some might have a harder time getting back and trying to figure it out especially like minor leaguers say who uh you know we're already planning on living some kind of temporary life in another city you know the spring training complex might be the way to go there might not be any better options for them so it's it's hard to tell and, and the thing with you know the the baseball population is they're all you know youngish and healthy you know under the uh you know they're they're not at least most of them aren't vulnerable you know probably immunocompromised and, and such to where the symptoms would manifest themselves that badly. Perhaps, you know, a few have gotten it and thought it was a bad cold or, you know, just a ordinary virus and maybe they've had it. You know, that, that's entirely possible. That's why, you know, Bryce Harper was saying that I'm 27. I got to live my life. And Blake Snell was saying, whatever happens, happens. And it's just like when you're in your 20s and healthy and strong and everything, then uh, a couple days down with the, with the flu, you know, lose a half a week to a virus not that big of a deal but uh the problem is you know with spring training especially more about the tourists more about the people you know showing up um going to a game uh, amongst a crowd going back on flights going uh going home you have elderly people working the games he has greeters and ushers <laughs> and uh you know that's not great for them so uh in this situation it's just uh, i think it's incumbent on baseball to do their part to minimize crowds where they can just because as we've seen in like new york for instance where i live it's uh you know they have a state of emergency to where they're um not allowing groups of uh assemblies of more than 500 people or if they happen to be like a a certain necessary function that is you know more than that then the building's only supposed to be half full uh that kind of thing you know it's still i think uh you know, there are some, uh, wrinkles to work out and it probably some, some fringe cases pop up to where re- they realize like, oh, this doesn't work for this group of 650. You know, it I, it's kind of a blanket purpose right now that might need to be refined, um, and, and exceptions made, or, uh, maybe it's just going to be kind of draconian, but, uh, it just, you know, when you have that kind of, uh, you know, superseding state order then you know major league baseball can't do anything anyway so i think they were they waited a bit just because they figured that um some higher authority would take control of the situation and you know it's not really coming from the federal government but uh some states are are taking the lead and i think some states are faster than others just because like new york and uh and washington state and california that they just have more pressing needs because of the emergencies they have
0: You know, I don't I don't know if this two weeks is going to be enough. You know, the more we're talking about this and this is more of an open conversation, right? Because this is not the emergency podcast time. It's really hard to construct as far as a narrative. Mm -hmm. Do you think baseball's made a mistake by saying we're delaying the season by two weeks? Because if two weeks comes and things don't get better, right? You know, we're starting to see these graphs. And people are comparing on how the way the United States is uh, responding to the way that Italy is responding and and other countries. And the situation in Italy is really dire. I mean, that's really depressing, too, on on what they're going through at the moment. Uh, Do you think they made a mistake by listing two weeks instead of saying indefinitely? Like the NBA has said, we have suspended the season indefinitely. And now Commissioner Adam Silver uh, on Thursday night has said that it's at least 30 days that the league has suspended. Should Major League Baseball have gone that route instead of just say we're delaying two weeks? Was
2: it uh, two weeks into the season? Was yeah, that the... so I guess technically that okay, is 30 so days. Yeah, so it's about the same time frame. Um, I think by the time... Right now, we're still in the early part of, I guess, the national reckoning of it, uh, especially in some pockets of the country that might have been slower to be exposed to in some areas may not have any exposure to it yet. Uh, there's still, I think, a, uh, a sizable chunk of people who don't think it's a big deal. And so at this point with the leagues taking yeah, you know, you know all the leagues basically aside from maybe the players championship and PGA like all these leagues following uh the lead of um you know, MLS and NBA and um NCAA and so forth and canceling their events every you know there there's people saying it's premature overreaction uh as much as they hate the phrase they're saying fake news just uh just not wanting to believe it and i think probably you know two weeks from now when uh a greater scope of the numbers comes out and more testing more people directly affected more anecdotal evidence just people's daily lives being disrupted or people falling ill people they know falling ill hopefully not you know too many you know compromised people but just yeah, you know, that that's the case probably where some people will will understand the scope of it very directly and very uh very harshly you know it it's uh, probably in in a couple weeks time people will have a better idea of what everybody's dealing with and sports probably won't be so important or you know, or everybody will be able to understand the what the leagues were had in mind um and so i, I maybe like Right now, people are gonna circle the calendars and say, "Okay, April twelfth, let's get back into action." But I think probably by say like March twenty-sixth, the opening day, you know, if the situation is what it is and yeah, you know, follows the curves that are been forecast, people say like, "Ah, oh, it's not gonna happen." Like now, now, uh, I I've gotten sick, or my family's been sick, or you know, like my, my coworker, my office is completely thrown uh, in disarray because of how many people are sick that they realize like, okay, now. The leagues were ahead of it, but now we're all on the same page, and we're all going to get through this together. Either that, or you know, I guess the the one thing that kind of sucks about this, or, or is frustrating about the situation, is say you know some some improbable uh, outcome to where it's not as bad as we think, or even like you know way less worse than the forecast predicted. You're going to see people saying it's overblown, you know, and and it's uh, you know yeah it's a media creation and whatnot, when really just uh, it, it's really just took an incredible amount of work and diligence, you know, public care, uh, individuals take it upon themselves to minimize the risk, um, and, and just, uh, you know, great response by healthcare workers to minimize it, and it'll go underappreciated. So, uh, you know, the, the uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case, but it is going to be frustrating. I imagine, like, say, if, you know, March 26 comes around, and it doesn't seem that dire or people will uh be criticizing the league and say oh they could have played in empty stadiums but it seems uh you know when you look at italy and you look at some other countries that were slower to react um it, i'm i'm happy that sports leagues are may, maybe sports leagues are what uh america needs to take it seriously uh, that's that's my hope at least Uh, you know, maybe it's out of order. You'd like to see it come from the top down, but if another powerful force and culture is the one to set the tone and, uh, the rest of, uh, the country and and decision makers have to abide by it, or at least, uh, match it in severity and and scale, then, you know, that could be a
0: blessing. I don't think this season's going to pick up in mid April, Jim. I'd be surprised if it does pick up on May 1st. I think that's a good goal. Uh, especially where we are now but it might be mid-may and and i'm okay with that as long as everybody is fine as long as we know that the virus is not as contagious and that everybody that needs the help is getting the help i i think that is best because if you're one now listening to this it's like well forget everybody else you know I mean, they're still having school in Illinois. You know, my kids are still going to elementary school and high school, which, you know, I disagree with that by the government, but whatever. Uh, So if they can get, you know, spit on each other there, well, then I'm more than happy to share my germs with 40,000 fans at Guaranteed Rate Field. And as you mentioned, as far as flying the curve, that does nobody any good. And it puts all the medical folks in a terrible position as far as providing support. And we're seeing elsewhere in the world on what's happening uh, when things get out of hand. And I really hope, I'm glad the sports world has suspended itself. I'm glad that things have stopped to give our medical and professionals the opportunity uh, to help address this issue and to make sure things are under control and that people that need the help are going to get the help. I just don't want people to be dumb. And some of the things that you touched on, uh, I think are dumb and we have seen from Rudy Gobert what happens when you think that this is a joke and the virus itself gets its last laugh and that you impact others because you were trying to be funny.
2: Yeah. At least he apologized. Oh, did he? Uh, I missed his apology. Yeah. He he wrote an apology and basically said like, um, that's, uh, I'll try to find it just because it is, it was well written. Um, and it's, He's very much a cautionary tale and he seems to realize that, um, hold on one second while I look it up. No, it's all right. I should have been prepared.
0: This is the, we're just rambling anyways on this emergency podcast. Uh, yeah. So while you're working on that, I'm going to bring up some questions that we have gotten as far as on Twitter. Let me know when you got his, uh, apology. Okay. Uh, so one question we did get was from Matt Berklin and Matt is asking how will service time work in a shortened season? Is are they going to do this by percentage? Because in the CBA they define how many days are in a regular season and how many days of that regular season counts a year's service time. So for this particular case, could they do that based on percentage, depending on when they start things up again?
2: They could, or you know, the the term force majeure has been uh, thrown around, and and that uh, you know act of God, some some catastrophic event can cause uh, the um, interruption or cancellation of a contract just because it's impossible to carry out. So I could see the case being, you know, I could see both cases. I could see seeing kind of some kind of prorated thing to where every day of service time uh, this year is worth uh, 1.4 service days on the traditional clock or however it you know comes out to when play resumes. Or I could see the league saying, well, this is within our right, to just start service time as is and, uh, you know, deal with it down the road. And, you know, given that this should, you know, this seems like a significant stoppage and, uh, you know, perhaps... The league, you know, is already bracing for a one after twenty twenty one. The CBA, you know, perhaps this is something where uh, you know both sides won't want two significant stoppages in two consecutive seasons or or calendar years at the very least. Uh, I could see this being uh, the subject of negotiation to try to uh, ease tensions going into the larger negotiations. Just because it, you know when you when you see. Uh, especially should this be the case where you have a lot of people suffering, uh, both, you know, know, uniform personnel, front office people, and and, uh, just uh, game day employees, it would seem like not the smartest thing to do to just, uh, you know, really make this an awful argument. So I could see it being prorated, but uh, it seems like those are the two outcomes. I think the players would prefer to be prorated. The league would prefer uh, just starting, you know, counting it uh, normally, but with a with a shorter supply. Uh it would throw off a lot of service time considerations and possibly for aging years, definitely super two scales. Um but um it doesn't yeah, just based on especially if this goes like say a couple months, if we're talking about June uh resolution, that's a lot of time missed. That's a lot of people under stress, especially like minor leaguers and such. It doesn't seem like the smartest thing to it doesn't seem like the smartest hell to die in a you of the league. So I would think there's a little bit of ground to give there um oh i found the, the rudy gobert apology by the way okay uh he says uh first and most important thing i would like to publicly apologize to the people that i may have endangered at the time i had no idea i was even infected i was careless and made make no excuse i hope my story serves as a warning and causes everyone to take this seriously i will do whatever i can to support using my experience as a way to educate others and prevent the spread of this virus
0: good because I was stupid
2: <laughs> yep
0: uh, and you mentioned it earlier, but what Bryce Harper said and what Blake Snell said, I, I just, yeah, that's that's just more, it's just dumb. I mean, yeah, I get it. I was, We were at 27 one time. I wasn't as physically in shape as Bryce Harper and Blake Snell. Um, but I get it. You're young and you think you're invincible. There's a lot of people listening to this right now that still are planning on Saturday to drink all day and get wasted on St. Patrick's Day uh in Chicago even though they're not having the parade and they're not dying the river green people are still going to go because uh they're going to be fine and hopefully that they are but just keep in mind that when you're with in when you're dealing with a lot of people and you're dealing with spit and sharing drinks and and etc and lots of touching that that's how viruses get spread so you are putting yourself at risk and you're also putting others at risk as well and
2: Unless you're drinking the hand sanitizer,
0: drinking the hand sanitizer or and bathing in it and wearing a hazmat suit. I'm sure somebody will be wearing a hazmat suit, uh, during St. Patrick's day to, (laughs) to try to bring, uh, some levity to the uh, situation and, and play as far as a joke. Um, but we did get some other baseball related questions, uh, to kind of get back to the baseball topic. Uh, Israel is asking, do you think they play 162 games if and when they come back? Or is it possible that they shorten the season? I don't know how they're going to be able to play 162 games with any type of delay, Jim. I think we're going to get a shortened season.
2: Yeah, it it seems to be the precedent uh, just... Whether it's 154, I mean, you know, there's a rich history of 154 game seasons. So, you know, 162 has never been really the magic number. It's just been the most recent one. Uh, You know, then 94, 95, uh, they had shortened seasons. Uh, 81, they had a split season. So they've had different season shapes based on uh, need. Also, I think 1919 was shortened because of the Spanish flu. Uh, So they've had, uh, you know, world interruptions. Uh, and, and labor interruptions change the shape of the season. So no, I think it would be, uh, you know, maybe they buy an extra week of the season in like September to October, but uh, even then that wouldn't be enough to make up for it. So no, I would think something like 120. I'm kind of anticipating around that for starters. Uh, that's kind of where I'm going with it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So let's best case scenario. If they pick up action in April 10th, uh, then that's a 150 game season if it's may 1st 19 okay so that's another additional 19 so it'd be 131 games if they can if they can make it may 1st it'll be a 131 game season so they would lose out 31 games in the the regular season this has been a back and forth talking point but there have been some that have asked will they reschedule will they come up with a new schedule I just don't see that happening, Jim. One, Major League Baseball moves way too slow in reacting to anything, so they don't trust the league to come up with a new schedule. But if you do come up with a new schedule, Major League Baseball needs to refund all of the single-game tickets that people have bought because they didn't buy tickets based on the day. They bought tickets based on that particular game. And I just don't see them having that type of mass refund across the entire Major League Baseball. You wouldn't have to do it for the season ticket holders. You're giving them some type of refund because they bought an 81 game plan or for White Sox fans this year, 80 games because of the Iowa game. Uh, So you would refund the home games that they've missed. uh, But for the single game tickets, I think you would have to refund all of them in order for a reschedule to happen. So I don't think that would happen. I just think the major league baseball just pick up where every team's schedule is starting on May 1st. And obviously that serves some disadvantage to the white Sox because then they lose nine games against the Kansas city Royals who are going to be a weak team in 2020.
2: I think they would reschedule it. Um, you know, if it's any kind of significant disruption, just because, you know, I'm thinking the NHL, when they lost a half season to a labor stoppage, they rescheduled the whole thing. They, um, Limited only to uh, intra-conference games, so Western Conference teams played Western Conference opponents, vice versa for Eastern Conference. Uh, just for integrity of the playoff races, the, the the conference standings, the division standings, just to make sure you didn't have some kind of imbalance to where, like you know, in the case of the White Sox, where you know they they can't play the Royals at all, and the Twins get to play them, you know, a full slate. I think that's something the league wants to avoid. I, I wonder if it's probably easier now than it was to refund tickets. Like if it's all electronic, um, you know, if, if they try. You know, I don't. I'm not sure if it's possible with the league, you know, with the scheduling to try to maintain as many opponents as possible while rescheduling the league. You know, if if they can somehow preserve series at a time um, to make the math work, and then just have to limit the amount of series they change. Just to balance the numbers, that might be a possibility. Um, but if everything's electronic and refunds can be done either automatically, uh, just you're know, refunding credit cards or uh, crediting accounts and, and you know, sending an email saying, uh, "You know, we've refunded you. Please select another game, or you get a credit for another game. Please select one." You know, I could see that being the case, uh, especially if it's like a significant disruption. If it's like two weeks, they probably don't, uh, just because. There's enough sample size left, but if you're talking like 120 games or less, like a quarter of the season gone and, uh, you know, maybe even more than that seems like it's worth redrawing it at that point, just because you could have entire slates thrown off. Do you trust the league
0: to be able to do that? I don't, I, I have a trust issue with the league and I don't think they're responsive enough to draw up a new 120 game schedule for 30 teams in a month.
2: It seems like it, it can mostly be just, yeah, if they have enough lead time, you know, if if they, you know, and if the delay is long enough to where they have to start a new spring training, kind of, or at least get teams down in uh, practice mode, uh, warming up for the season, it seems like they would be able to come up with something. Uh, you know, hockey did it. Hockey's different just because it's, you know, individual games rather than series, but still seems feasible to me that, you know, with, you know, being able to computerize it and being able to electronically credit or refund, especially if, you know, more fans are using apps now to have tickets or hold tickets, uh, seems like, uh, to me, it's possible. Um, I can see why they wouldn't, so I'm not fully believing what I'm saying, but if it's a huge chunk of the season to where, like, uh, like opponents are taken off one... Uh, uh, you know, one team schedule at the expense of another, or at least another team is playing a completely different uh, slate of opponents, you know, by the end of the year. Uh, it, it would seem like the league would want to avoid that just for the sake of having like a, a postseason that feels normal in a season that otherwise is not.
0: Yeah, but I could also see where the league says, you know, the easy way is just to pick up where we, where we leave off or left off from the original schedule because you know fans you you have two weeks left to go in spring training fans have some fans have committed you know there's a lot of white Sox fans are going to san francisco and san diego that weekend and if you decide to reschedule the season and now that's a series in kansas city and that's a series in minneapolis well then what are you doing to all those fans then that are decided, well, I, I'm here because I want to watch the White Sox. Like, I'm, I've made plans in advance to follow my favorite team. And I understand that you have this virus that happens and it's kind of thrown the whole world upside down. But if you're going to reschedule, well, like, hold on. Well, then give me back my money. Let me see if I could refund my flight and my hotel uh, and then, you know, make other arrangements.
2: Yeah, they would just seem to be uh, a lesser priority and just the result of a pandemic.
0: (laughs) That sounds so heartless to fans. Like, I I get it. That's like the business aspect, right? Um, I don't know. I'm in in the camp that they're just going to pick up where they leave off. And, and yeah, it's going to be an unbalanced schedule and every team is going to have to deal with it. Uh, but at this moment, the mindset, the White Sox are
2: going to lose nine games against the Royals. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I'd really, I'm not convinced either way. Um, but when you look at, like, the utilitarian aspect of it, uh, the the fans that have already planned out travel to those cities and bought those tickets versus the amount of people that will be pleased by divisional balance or, a, 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 you know, re schedule. You know, that the... the uh, the people in the letter column may outweigh the people in the former column.
0: I want to hear your guys' thoughts as far as those are listening. So definitely make a comment on socksmachine.com and also hit us up on Twitter at Uh This is one of those rare comments that Jim and I really disagree on. I'd like to know where you guys sit on this. Do you want Major League Baseball to reschedule the 2020 season after the delay or do you want Major League Baseball to pick up where the original schedule leaves off? So if the season begins on May 1st, the White Sox first game of the 2020 season is at home against Baltimore. So again, you can make those comments on SoxMachine.com or you could hit us up on Twitter at SoxMachine. The last point that I want to discuss and for those that are Patreon supporters, you saw as far as the, my MLB draft update. And the first sentence that I wrote was, this might be the last MLB draft update for a while. Uh, That could be the last MLB draft update for the 2020 season. uh, Because I do not know, Jim, on how Major League Baseball is going to handle the Major League Baseball draft in June with the NCAA canceling the College World Series. Again, Major League Baseball moved the draft from New York to Omaha to be more involved with the college world series and, and have the major league baseball draft as a way to kick off the festivities of the college world series. Well, now that college world series is not happening and major league baseball, you know, they still got some lead time. They can reschedule things. They could bring the draft back into the MLB network studios in New York and conduct the draft there, but without a postseason for college baseball, I'm expecting news coming that a lot of universities, are their seasons are done. They're not playing college baseball for the rest of the academic year. And college baseball season is done. For those draft prospects, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know where they can go as far as into... If there's academies they can go to, or if there are pitching labs, especially pitchers where they can go to, uh, to continue working and getting themselves into shape. Uh, I, I don't know, like the guys that get drafted after the, the, the first two rounds, like how do you get in front of scouts, uh, to, help your draft stock and get drafted in the first 10 rounds. So you get a bonus. And, and I don't know how, cause scouts are being pulled off the mm-hmm. road and they're not allowed to fly. I don't know how scouts are going to find these guys. So right now I know one part worrying is okay. When is major league baseball going to get started again? But the other part that I'm looking at is how in the world are they going to pull off the major league baseball draft in June?
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Reading your write up and, and seeing the, uh, Cespedes family barbecue tweet about a college aces like maybe the college aces are feeling like okay we locked in <laughs> everybody locked in or like or by and large they're all in good health they're all throwing down uh they should feel great about their first round stock uh quit while they're ahead uh it's kind of- that's actually a good point yeah acl ac from
0: texas a and i'm done Whoever wants to pay me seven million dollars, I'm ready to sign yeah, with we, you. I mean that—that's a good yeah,
2: point. Yeah, so maybe some of those guys—they're better off, you know—versus uh, flirting with arm injury later. Uh, but yeah, just I don't know if there's going to be like a, a rise in team workouts. You know, say after the uh, this initial, you know, hopefully the initial flare-up uh, subsides a little bit and they're able to return some normal seat of travel, uh, you know, and isolated or you know limited cases to where they can say like, okay, we can send a guy here in a meetup with these people to see them work out. Uh, or, or they stage these workouts for like a group of scouts, you know, tr- try to limit the amount of travel and exposure. Um, but, but yeah, like you said... Uh, given all these schools closing up, like I know all local universities here in New York have basically uh, limited to distance learning, uh, more or less evicting students from campus unless they really have nowhere else to go, like international students. Uh, then you know making some accommodations, but yeah, they're you know they're students too. Yeah, you know, even if they they might not feel like it or <laughs> you might not treat academics all that seriously, they are technically part of the student body, so it would seem like some of those forces would apply to them to where they, the, the, the season really doesn't stand a chance. So yeah, yeah, that's a case where I'm even at more of a loss just because we've never seen, I mean, the draft hasn't been, we've, we've, you know, baseball seasons have been around long enough for you know, more than a hundred years to know that, okay, we've seen somewhat of uh, how the league acts when there's a pandemic, like back in 1918, 1919, or we've seen, you know, what it looks like when there's war and, yeah how uh you know rosters have been compromised and how seasons have been limited and, and we've- seen, so we have some idea, but the draft is still you know baseball history uh, relatively new, especially drafts that are big business uh where you have all this investment and in attendance, so that's a case where we really have nothing to draw on when it comes to the disruption for schedules disruptions for travel yeah, it's just it's not just schools being affected it's not just Travel being affected, it's not just, uh, you know, different levels, like high schools and colleges being on different programs, different leagues. Like, it's there's so many variables, and they're all borked right now that there's really no, uh, I don't know how they get all on the same page between now and June.
0: Like, the thought that came across my mind, so we mentioned Asa Lacey, Reed Detmers, I was planning to go see Reed Detmers in Louisville. That's not happening. Uh, Even, you know, you're, you're moving to Nashville, so Austin Martin, right for Vanderbilt do they just drop out of school not drop out of school because they probably have to take online classes but do they just forget about school and do they go sign with agents right now kind of like the NFL right or the NBA once the season's done some guys just drop out of school knowing they're going to be a first round pick they sign with an agent and then they just start preparing for the upcoming draft like are we going to see that with baseball because we don't see that in baseball because the draft is during the regular season.
2: It could be something like that, especially like say IMG, you know, if they have some kind of baseball camp going on where, uh, you know, similar to the, the, the spring complexes in, in Florida and, Arizona, just like, hang out here, just, just lay low here, uh, work on our, uh, you know, work at our pitching labs and, and, and our cages and simulated games and, and get up to speed here. And we can have agents or not agents. We can have scouts down here and executives down here to see you in action. I could see that being a selling point.
0: It just, those things cost money though, to get there. And when you sign with an agent, the agent, you know, pays for all that, and when you sign, when you get your signing bonus, you know they take back, you know, their expenses for you to be ready to be selected in the first round. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Major League Baseball draft is something that I'm paying attention to, and it's just completely fascinating because this is, you know, one of the pillars that teams build their future teams off on, and this is supposed to be one of the better draft classes that we've seen in a really long time, and now. <laughs> Now, because of the coronavirus and with the NCAA canceling uh, the College World Series, that's in flux. I'm sure the July 2 signings are also in flux, even though some of those signings are already done well in advance. But if international scouts are prohibited from traveling outside of the country... Uh, because of the coronavirus, I, I'm curious on how that will go as well as far as team efforts and, and building future ball clubs. But those are th- that was another thing that was on my mind with the cancellations on when the NCAA decided to cancel the College World Series, which thus makes the college baseball season uh, over uh, pretty much until we get official word from the schools. Uh, I just that will have some. I I figure Jim will have some long term impact this coronavirus on baseball. There's short-term impact on the 2020 season, but could have long-term impact as well for, you know, impacting on how teams are scouting future players for their upcoming teams, especially in the draft of the July 2 signings.
2: Yeah, and really when you look at the entire sports landscape, the only league that's really lucked out is the NFL.
0: Yeah, but the NFL has just canceled its annual meeting and having some insight because I have a friend that works for the NFL draft the NFL's already admitted they cannot roll with Plan A. They have Plan B. They have Plan C, and they have Plan D. And with being in Las Vegas, you know we haven't heard, uh, heard any you know coronavirus um, outbreaks there. But I could just imagine the NFL holding that closed doors, like no fans. The players come, their agents come, immediate family comes, but that's it. But you're yeah. still putting yourself at risk.
2: But at least, you know, it's still normal. It, it's still like the... Normal-ish, the, uh, yeah. Normal-ish. They've been able to evaluate players uh, based on their college seasons, based on uh, right. some combine numbers. They've been able... You know, all the data is there. All the evaluation is there. Now it's just kind of jockeying for a position. But, yeah, you know, they just might not be able to stage the draft spectacle like normal, take over a, a couple city blocks for uh a long four days or whatever but uh they're able to do everything on their normal timetable and then maybe when you know they might be compromised first when summer camps roll around that might be the first time where they say like oh we can't have all these uh you know sweaty guys in close proximity that's really foolish at this point but they don't have to worry about that for a few months and they can just sit back and watch the other leagues struggle with it before they decide. But major league baseball has a lot of company right now with leagues having no idea what's going on and how it's going to affect them.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other leagues are in mid season, right? Well, major league soccer hasn't, well, the home opener for the Chicago fire was coming. Major league soccer has started. But with the NBA, NHL so close to their postseasons, having to suspend activity—that's one unique situation. Major League Baseball is just wrapping up as far as their preseason, and their regular season was around the corner, so that's a unique situation. And, and you nailed—I'm glad you mentioned the NFL. The NFL is in its off season, and somehow they're okay right now. It's not a, a great deal of impact, but there's already word from you know medical professionals that yeah, the coronavirus. We're being impacted now. It may lay dormant in the summer, but it could pick up again in the fall and winter. And you may know more have insight on that than I do, Jim, uh, as far as with your situation. And if that were to come back in the winter time, uh, then the NFL would feel the wrath. Uh, of coronavirus and then they would have to make obviously some major adjustments hopefully that does not happen because man baseball fans are angry today I could not imagine how NFL fans would be if football got well it. especially
2: after six months of fatigue of just having to you know deal with the effects of uh, coronavirus on a nationwide level and a personal level I think it's going to be Very stressful for a lot of people, but uh, hopefully at that point, just uh, more people and especially more people in power are taking it seriously to where uh, just everybody has a much better idea of the scope of everything.
0: So to recap, let's flatten the curve. I know it's disappointing, but hopefully not being in big gatherings like sporting events will help calm things down. Our doctors, local hospitals, local clinics could be able to keep up uh, and hopefully we don't have major outbreaks like we're seeing else everywhere else in the world and people that need help can get help. And then by the time Major League Baseball does get started in May, uh, then everything can go back to normal. And I think that's what we're all looking forward to is just having things go back to normal because – looking at your 401k and then watching all these breaking news of everything canceling. It's very disheartening. And I do not want this to be the new normal, Jim. Yeah.
2: Also be kind to service people. Yeah. People in the service industry, just, uh, you know, go to, the, when you have to go to the store, when you have to go to the restaurants, just, just, <laughs> they're on the front lines of this. They're the ones who have to be exposed. They can't work from home. So mind their space as well as yours. And, social distancing and hand washing and sneezing and coughing into elbows and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, that's, it's important. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, really all you can do it in a lot of cases. So, but I did, uh, I, I, threw a no hitter today, which is, I didn't have a uh, personal interaction with any other person. Well done.
0: That does not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well done, Jim.
2: I'm going to try to be Johnny Vandermeer and make a two in a row. You embrace
0: your introvert, sir. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that will do it for this emergency episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. We'll provide you guys updates on when the next podcast will be coming and we'll be on that show. Uh, again, we're kind of, you know, free fall here. Our, our routine has been broken up. Our spring plants have been broken up. Uh, but we will be transparent with you guys and we will communicate with you when you'll see more on the show. And of course we're going to keep writing on socksmachine.com and co- continue to produce content to hopefully keep you guys entertained uh, during this. Uh, I guess we won't, how we want to call this delay delay of major league baseball's 2020 season from starting.
2: And I'm just picture like an MLB TV screen with pandemic yeah. delay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know what? Maybe we should get Harold Reynolds to give his thoughts on what's going on no never mind that's a terrible idea but all right pandemic delay of major league baseball for the 2020 <laughs> season but for those that are listening to the emergency podcast if you guys have more questions or if you have your thoughts as well again follow us on twitter we're at socks machine and you can always post your comment uh, your comments on soxmachine.com for the podcast post alongside jim margulis i'm josh nelson